0: Uh, so we have Peter versus Harry Brown two, right? Uh, Peter goes back to uh, Harry's penthouse and they just have like a, a John Carpenter esque 70 street brawl in this apartment with like goofy, like brown, brown,
1: brown, brown, music. And it's, uh, yeah, that I, I actually kind of did like this part because it I love this. Like, no costumes, no, you know, no, no, nothing fancy just
0: nobody's a superhero
1: or whatever out. they're just
0: they're two best friends that have had it with each other they have all this history and they're saying these really great like almost like Shane Black lethal weapon personal stabs at each other yeah. Like Yeah, they're
1: getting kinda they're kinda playing dirty.
0: They're playing dirty and like kicking each other into like glass and be like, Yeah, does that sting? And he'd be like, Oh, you know, I protect you in high school, but I'm gonna kick your ass into like, ooh. Like it's if if I were to be if I were to fist fight my best friend, this is the shit that I that we'd be saying to each other. Just <laughs> pulling up like, you know, Ah, your sister hits harder than you. Just like using every bit of knowledge that you have about this person to make them angrier during the fight.
1: Yeah, I mean that's the, that that's the thing about fighting with your best friend. You're you're it's like you're fighting you might as well be fighting a sibling because you know each other's deep, dark, dirty secrets.
0: It is. Like even uh, <clears throat> even even Norman kind of like took Peter under his wing and a lot of this is based like around it is a sibling fight because you have like Harry being like you're the reason my father my father died. And Peter being like, your father didn't even like you, but do you know who he did like? Me. And and just, and the fight just keeps escalating and becoming funnier and more bizarre as it like, it starts off with they're just punching each other and then, um, like, then they're throwing each other through glass. Uh, Peter throws Harry and he gets like, um, this is the second time of the movie where Harry takes a really hard hit to the head. Uh, up against the banister they smashed through the window and now like the glider was somehow set off and it's spinning windmill style and like they're still punching each other underneath like these these explosions uh and it and it ends with um like uh peter doing like this this chest hit to uh uh, to Harry and saying like, oh look at little Goblin Junior, uh, Junior, you're gonna cry. Like right after saying like, your father was embarrassed by you. Yeah. And then in a full like Anakin Skywalker, Revenge of the Sith, uh, move, we have Harry throws a pumpkin bomb, and uh, and Peter immediately reflexively, intentionally throws it back at him and walks away without seeing if he's okay. By this point, he's officially, yeah, he's he's officially crossed the threshold. As much, yeah, care. yeah. He doesn't care if uh, if Harry might be dead or not. It's just this is this is how
1: this goes. Yeah, and this is where he kind of takes like he he go he goes full emo Peter now.
0: He's Sith, like that's what it is. He's he's yeah, he's dressing
1: nothing. all, yeah. He's dressing in black. He's got his hair. He, um, he, uh, confronts, we never really even talked. I mean, not that there was much to say up to this point, but we never really talked much about Eddie Brock. Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah. Being
1: I, introduced. Well, as, what is there to even really say? Right. <laughs> he's kind of, you know, he's kind of creepy and he's kind of smarmy. Um, he's got terrible frosted hair. Um, he just looks terrible. Um, his character as Eddie Brock is a little more used car salesman than it is in the comics. Like in the comics, he's more of like just kind of dark and angry. Even before mm-hmm. he was venom, he, he was, was kind, of, kind of the
0: guy who would have like bought a venom t-shirt if he was not himself venom. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He was just kind of this, 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 uh, yeah. Which, but, um,
0: uh, if I remember correctly, um, like the theory behind that, because, again, whenever uh, Sony was like, well, you've got to put Venom in this, or we're not funding it. Uh, I believe the concept that Sam Raimi had said that they had, along with the other writers, was that it was supposed to be like an inversion of Peter. Uh, it's supposed to be, well, he's very physically similar it's like a dark shadow version where all the ways that like peter isn't confident uh eddie is and vice versa so you end up with like eddie who's very like you know hey yeah i've got this i want the staff job i'm gonna i'm gonna propose to this girl everything's great but the moment that you get him alone he immediately just like cowers and turns into like this like Mm -hmm. like please i'm begging you i don't have anything whereas peter of course is normally like Um, or at least the Peter in the previous two movies was someone who was very unassuming, very kind of like um, almost, almost like his spirit was small, but whenever you kind of found out what was underneath that, there was something that was like heroic and confident, Mm -hmm. but what it's still as fun as all those ideas are, it's still Topher grace.
1: (laughs) Yeah. There's not, he's not very like, uh, threatening. He's not, no. he's not intimidating at all, you know? And, um, yeah, but there, there, there was a hint of like darkness. There was, um, Oh, I think when, uh, when, uh, when he runs into Gwen Stacy at the key to the city celebration, Yeah. he says, Oh, you know, do you want to go out later? And she kind of says, Oh, I can't tonight. And, he says, "Oh, but what about you know? We had this great time the other night," and she's like, "It was coffee." She's like, like "Really? We it? we went out for coffee," and he kind of like, there was almost like this 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 uh, shimmer, like this flash that went over his face from like, like, hat like a uh, confident to like I'm getting shot down.
0: Like, there's this there's this real uh, interesting like use car sociopathy that yeah. going on with him. Uh, yeah, it, yeah,
1: it, it's almost like he's trying to sell everybody on a product that doesn't exist. Like when he, he runs into captain Stacy and he's like, um, I'm kind of dating your daughter. He, you know, he, he he runs into Gwen. And he's like, Oh, we had a great time the other night. You know, he, he, uh, he's trying to talk himself into a, a, a job at the bugle and like a promotion as far as like,
0: Oh, there's a woman that I intend to marry. And it's like, you're not even dating her. Like it's, it's yeah. great work.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's deep in denial on everything. Like he, 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 you know, he, he wants this great life or he thinks he has this great life and then he gets exposed very quickly for, for being a fraud. And it happens like literally in a matter of minutes when it's like, ah, congrats, Eddie, here's some champagne. You're now our new staff photographer. Um, Peter, by the way, who, who? What office, what newspaper celebrates the hiring of a staff photographer in that, in that way with champagne? <laughs> well, I'm willing it's like to be, your photographer.
0: So, so going with this idea of Eddie being a grifter, Eddie, the grifter, uh, going with this idea, I, I want to believe two different things about this one, um, he, I bet he didn't even really do photography until he got this bugle job. I, I, in my head, I see him as going through like a string of jobs that just never worked mm. out, but it was never his problem. If you were to ask him, he was never, yeah. the reason why uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he had bought champagne for himself with, and had written like a from the Daily Beauty oh, and, like, like a fake card. Yeah, like, oh, like, be like, oh my exactly. god, look, wow, you guys are just to try to get that standing within the company. Because J because yeah. you know, JJJ, who's uh, consistently the best thing out of all these movies, every time JK Simmons shows up as mm-hmm. Jonah Jameson, it's it's gold, it's lightning. Uh but as as terrible as JJ's memory is or whatever. Like, he probably would have been like, oh, where'd you get the champagne? Oh, you gave it to me, sir. Really? Well, you know, I hope that doesn't screw up our budget. And then that would have been it. Yeah. There never yeah. would have been another question about it.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, but then, you know, let, you know, five seconds later, you know, like the, the, everyone's toasting him. Then five seconds later, Peter show, shows up and he's like, oh, you're a fake. And they're like, oh, you're fired.
0: Yeah, you're a fake. And not only are you a fake, but you used my own... Photos like I wouldn't notice it mm-hmm. uh, during this whole sequence. We have uh, Peter say a couple of um, absolutely wonderful, perfectly quotable lines. I do quote this movie a lot. We have, I'm going to put some dirt in your eye, you're mm-hmm. trash Brock, and you want forgiveness, get religion, all stuff that if you were raised by people who were 70 years old, would be like, yeah, I was going to say that that sounds like,
1: yeah, it sounds like it came out of like a, like a Jimmy Cagney movie or something. I mean, essentially what he's
0: being is he's, he's almost trying to be a greaser. Like it, it, you're right with that. Jimmy Cagney, like even like he puts oil in his hair just to be able to like drag the hair down. And like, Mm -hmm. he wants to be like, like this kind of, I don't know. He he wants to be uh, the the kind of like greaser esque. Uh, there's another term for it that I can't really quite think of, but like that sort of character from those those sorts of movies and stuff, where it's like yeah, yeah, but he's he's cool, but he uh, and he's he's maybe mean
1: or dirty, but he gets what he wants and deserves. Like hard boiled. He's like a hard boiled detective or something like yeah, straight out of like a like a noir. Movie, yeah, it's
0: it's it's amazing. It really is like a like, oh, James Dean isn't hard enough, kind of yeah, choice.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, there's nothing more dark and gritty and uh, than the jazz club, yeah. Oh, my god, um, <laughs> oh, nestle, it, nestled in this. Go ahead. Well, I'll say, just b- b- before we get into the jazz club, I just want to, because I, because I, I, I marked it, and uh, I periodically marked it on my notes. Uh, one hour forty-five minutes into the movie, still no venom.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because why not? Um, but
1: we got the jazz club.
0: It's, thank God we got uh, dance scenes number two and three before Venom <laughs> shows up. Mm-hmm. Uh. So. And nestled in this is a scene that you had alluded to uh, earlier during this discussion, which is um, so Kurt Connors uh, at one point, Peter does take part of the suit to Kurt and Kurt says, I'm a physicist, not a uh," like, damn it, Jim, I'm a physicist, not a (laughs) biologist. And, uh, and finally Connor calls, uh, Connor's calls him back and says, "Um, yeah, this is bad. It has all the typical, uh, notes of being a symbiote. Uh, It appears to... It doesn't say that, like, well, it turns you evil. The line was, it amplifies the characteristics of its hosts. And then he says, almost like as an afterthought, particularly aggression. So, this kind of feeds into what we were discussing earlier, which is that Peter was already a total mess before this happened. And the the suit wasn't going to like automatically make you cool it wasn't something that like like in the comics uh where oh hey you've got this and now suddenly you're the smoothest person either ever Mm -hmm. it's just amplifying all the really stupid issues and problems that you have as a person uh in there this just happens to also be like for him like arrogance and uh, self-centeredness and like having like an ego that's bigger than his web can build. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, he's he's just such a dork that was raised by old people that this is what he thinks is cool buying dark suits and strutting down the street listening to James Brown and dancing and finger gunning at people.
1: <laughs> uh Hey, so, okay let me ask you, because I think this might bit be, been the second time you referenced James Brown did, did in in what you watched was there actually like a, a song to yeah. this dance um it's so it's uh because there wasn't one in, in my version
0: well the so uh, we should probably actually talk about this so did you watch the uh, the theatrical version or uh, yeah I believe I did yeah so there is uh there is an editor's cut. There's not a lot that they actually add to it. Um, there is, there's one or two shots of like Peter being like aggressive or swinging in the black suit, uh, in daylight, which honestly doesn't look very good because a lot of the way that Sam Raimi was shooting things, um, in the daylight in the Spider-Man movies was like this kind of like golden hour look, Like everything kind of had this, uh, this light brown gold kind of sheen to it, Mm -hmm. um, which looks really weird whenever you're wearing like a well-lit black leotard. It just didn't quite work. So a lot of that got cut out. Uh, There's also a scene where right after Sandman turns into, well, Sandman, uh, he goes to a beach that I guess he knows his daughter plays at and turns himself into a sandcastle. And his daughter hugs the sandcastle and somehow can tell that it's him. And then they leave. And that's the end of the scene. <laughs> well, uh, in, in both cuts, the song that is playing in the background is... Um, uh, it's a James Brown song that's called something along the lines of, like, Get Up, You Funky Soul. Okay. Now, this is a nine-minute-long song. So there's one or two parts where there where there are lyrics and uh the only parts of that that kind of leaks into what they use for the movie is like one or two parts where um where you can hear like the phrase like get up get up everybody everybody and then it's just <laughs> jazz music uh and so yeah i was just referencing it just because like i thought that it's a uh, i'm a real kind of like i'm a big fan of really specific music and just music in general which is why like i was kind of really going off on the uh the venom theme and um well and also the sandman musical theme uh earlier um it's just because i like stuff like that but uh i'll have to check it out but in in my mind i really believe that that's he's just dancing the silence but in his head it's just blaring like oh sure
1: yeah yeah (laughs) Well, I I would swear on a stack of Bibles that when I <laughs> saw this in the theater, I thought "Staying Alive" was playing, or some some more well known like disco song or anthem or something. I, I swear to God, "Staying Alive" was playing, but again, maybe that, maybe that's just something I, I made up. But um, or I thought there was some established song that was playing in the background while he was doing his finger gun dance down the street.
0: I think but, I've seen an edit that was like that,
1: but I I'm betting that Bee Gees was even too cool for Peter Parker. Probably. <laughs> or, so the, the version I watched last night, it was just like, it was this kind of like disco funk type of music, but it was just, but there was no lyrics. It was just, it was no song that I recognized. Um, like not even like the music version of staying alive or anything. It was just like, just some, some funky bass type music. And what, uh, what way did you
0: watch, um, watches um, like it, by the way.
1: So I have a, um, star subscription through Amazon through like Amazon prime okay. or, or Amazon video or whatever. Got um, it. And it's all the Spider-Man movies are are on there. So it was – and I'm pretty sure, like I said, I'm pretty sure it was the theatrical version.
0: Because uh, every once in a while, like, they'll have some kind of weird uh, rights issue like that.
1: Well, Um, that's that's what I thought it might have been because I know I've seen, like – well, definitely, like, TV shows. I've seen, like, some episodes that I remember a specific song was in it, but then, like, when you first watch it, but then when it's on a streaming service, it's replaced yeah something completely like what is that That,
0: that'll happen all the time i okay cool i think i just actually tracked down um an original uh version of that scene um if you i'm going to i'm gonna message you uh a youtube link to it uh obviously don't like you don't have to watch the entire oh yeah yeah i'll watch it later yeah yeah but uh, i'd be curious to know if that was like the same thing but okay um, yeah it's it's this uh this real specific James Brown deep cut. That's kind of like, just like this extended intermission, uh, like, uh, instrumental with him kind of just like, you know, get up, uh, everybody. And then like muttering most of it. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, Oh, um, partway through this, this dance scene, um, which I thought that this montage like took place over a couple of days, but like, it's kind of implied that happens in the same day, which is weird. Uh, partway through this, we're just suddenly the movie remembers that Sandman's still in it. And, uh, I ended up timing it. It's been 25 minutes since Sandman's been in this movie. And we suddenly go, oh, uh, and then he's crawling like out of a, a sewer grate or like a, uh, a water runoff, holding his oh. penny, holding Penny's locket, of course. Somehow didn't lose that. Yeah, he still hasn't. Uh, and so now we suddenly have Peter taking Gwen to the jazz club that I presume Harry told him that MJ works at during their coffee date. Uh, there's a fun detail here at the very beginning which is uh peter like leans over to the host and says Mm. find us some shade and slips Mm. i paused it just to look it's either a 10 or a 20 and uh and he says find us some shade thanks hot legs and uh and she immediately gives him a table in the middle of the floor (laughs) that (laughs) which is amazing uh, and, and it has a reserve placard on it. Now this means like a couple of different things for me. I'm almost kind of believing that Peter called ahead and said, give me the seat that's front row and center that's reserved. And I'll come in and I'll say this and then give me that table. Like he's working on both ends to not only maximize mm. the crude thing he's going to do, but also try to seem what he believes is cool right during it um gwen says like points out and says isn't that your old girlfriend even though um like according to the timeline they have been like a day yeah it's been he broke up with her the day before and gwen just saw them having a fancy dinner together three days ago right and so isn't that your old girlfriend like it just seems like a weird line. Like, I feel like that there's like a bunch of different things for like, you know, didn't you guys just break up or like
1: whatever. And then, and then we have to assume that in those sh- short couple of days that that just happens to be when they were in school together or they saw each other on campus or something. And he said, Oh, by the way, um, do you want to go out? I'm not I like dating- jazz. Yeah. Do you like jazz clubs? <laughs> Uh, do you, do you want to go? Do you, do you want to go take in a talkie? Uh, <laughs> Maybe we can go down to the malt shop
0: and have ourselves a spritzer. We can get yeah. a straw. <laughs>
1: um, and Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm not dating that girl anymore that I was about to marry. So
0: remember how I was holding an engagement ring at that French restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it.
1: Um, that was just a, a phase I was going through. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so dance scene number three, uh, Peter suddenly did. Do we know if Peter could play piano before this? Like, is this something that was just kind of like never mentioned in the other movies that we're supposed to assume or yeah, that like, I
1: completely forgot about. And I kind of laughed out loud. Yeah. Cause not uh, just because I was like, Oh, this is happening. Yeah. which is so ridiculous. Now, whether or not the, um,
0: the symbiote kind of gave him the ability to either like speed read or whatever, he suddenly has the ability to not only, um, play piano, but improvise jazz perfectly, which is like one of the most jazz piano is like a
1: notoriously hard thing to just pull out of your ass. I would be willing to bet there. This is just kind of like, a. You know, know, talking about uh, Peter's, uh, his uh, childhood with the Parkers growing up with two old people, you know, old people love to play the piano.
0: So it could be like, I don't have friends. Okay, well, then you can learn to play the piano. I'll I'll bet. And
1: and, and not only that, they love to play the piano and they love to make children learn how to play the piano. Mm, That's a good one. I'll bet, you know, either May or Ben probably may yeah and i feel like you know not to stereotype but i feel like it's traditionally women who are who teach uh children how to play the piano i am now um, trying
0: to believe that aunt may knew how to play piano herself and that was like a thing as well and it may be something where it's like hey when uh when ben's not around like what before he gets home from uh con ed i'll uh, I'll teach you like a couple more bars. Like that's, that's hundred percent handcat.
1: cat. They probably had a standing piano lesson every day after school um, or before he had his wheat cakes in the morning.
0: <laughs> that is a callback. That's good. <laughs> now I'm going to have to rewatch the first two movies because I'm almost, and I don't know if this is one of those things where like you bring it up and so your mind kind of like puts it in there. I, I almost think that I remember there being a piano just you know yeah and in, in their house like before she sold it like in the background not necessarily yeah i'll yeah. bet there is i oh that's that's important to me now that's going to be something for me to now, now we got to find out <laughs> so on top of that did they also teach him how to freeform dance like jazz dance and also what is up with this jazz accompanist that they're willing to just completely throw their coworker under the bus. And like, no, we'll just go with this
1: weird stranger. Well, well, l- l- let's not forget, you know, we're talking about timelines, you know, uh, she's only worked there for two, like two days. Yeah. So they're probably like, oh, screw the new girl. Let's have some fun playing jazz. Cause Here's we're, we work in the jazz club. Now, uh, as much as the piano thing makes me laugh,
0: um, instead and uh, this, this shot lives rent free in my head and will for the rest of my life um, there's he does that whole dance and it like keeps like escalating and mm-hmm. then we just cut to a real tight close up on his mouth and he whispers now dig on this and it's the best thing to have ever happened to
1: cinema that, <laughs> oh. that, that it shivered down my spine I was like, that is so cringy. It's the best. It's the worst best. Like
0: oh, it, yeah. every time that that happens, it's, it makes me just filled with joy. The amount of times in my normal life where I've done something really extravagant or stupid and then immediately turned to my girlfriend and whispered, now dig on this. <laughs> and, like snapped. Uh, I'm surprised I'm alive first of all, but it's it's incredible and and the thing that's even better than that is uh I grew up watching um movie musicals because I was also raised by old people i guess but uh <laughs> but the the escalation and rhythm of how this scene is going whenever he uh he picks up um Gwen and they have that small like this small like kind of like real close slow moments where they're dancing and he dips her and then looks up at MJ like, yeah, screw you. Um in a movie musical, the rhythm for how that would go is that's just the breather before the dance sequence really takes off. And so every time that I watch this movie, uh in in my brain it feels like that it's threatening to like him saying, Now dig on this is basically him saying, now this is where the fun begins and we're going to get something that's even more insane.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, <clears throat> and That that all happened after uh, when he was dancing with Gwen, he was basically like dry humping her. Yeah, basically like he, he had, he grabbed her leg, her thigh and p- pulled it up on his hip as they were dancing, like in the middle of the bar surrounded by like 40 people.
0: And then he stares right at MJ and then Glenn says, like does what I think is the best, most human moment of this entire movie and completely redeems her for me is she looks up and looks at Peter and says, that was all for her. Oh yeah. Stands up. And the, the thing that absolutely cinches that though, is she turns and looks at MJ and says, I'm sorry. I I'm honestly sorry. And mm-hmm. then she just leaves the movie because she's better than what's happening here.
1: Yeah, well, she she knows that that yeah, Peter royally screwed up. That that whatever's happening between the two of them, they're not just done. They're not over. And they're she not... was
0: just used as a pawn. And she's like, I did not mean for that. You deserve better than this. Like, yeah. I, I'm gonna just go because yeah. there's nothing I can do in this situation
1: to make this better. And. And again, sadly, that's the last we see of Gwen Stacy.
0: Yeah, because she's like, "Mm, I'm by movie, I'm done. Uh, Yeah,
1: and that—that's why I said she was. It's this this movie wasted
0: absolutely
1: the best Gwen Stacy.
0: So Peter goes up to MJ, like almost like, hey, I've got a bone to pick with you because I'm not enough. Like I haven't humiliated you enough. (laughs) Uh, The bodyguard comes over and is like hey um, I'd I'd prefer like let's take this outside and uh, we get really close in Peter's face and he just says like take your hand off me like dirty Harry but I in my brain I remember that being a planet of the apes line I really thought that there was like a really like get your goddamn hand off me like like a Charlton Heston snarl which would have made sense because he was you know raised by olds
1: yeah
0: (laughs) yeah No, but instead, like, they tried to throw him off. And, of course, he's Spider-Man, so he's launching them across the room. And then he, and and again, this is, we're getting back into Peter is, we can't make another sequel after this because we've made Peter an unredeemable character. He, like, I don't think it's a full punch, but he strikes MJ in the face and knocks
1: Yeah, him. it was kind of like, yeah, he, he backhanded her. Not like hard, like not it to the face, but enough that like it was just enough to just push her back and, and knock her down. But and, it, it, I, yeah. I feel like they, they were very like strategic about how they did that. It wasn't like she got smacked. That was
0: that had to have been like three weeks of editing just on that cut, just to like go back and forth and be like, what's too much, what's not enough, because we're we have a scene now where our hero strikes a woman in the face and you know, it's, it, yeah. it sucks. Like it's, there's no real good part about it. It's like, that's game over for them. Here's like, from this point on, even from the first time they watched the movie, I was like, Oh, I don't want these two to, uh, to get back together. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't. And I still don't.
1: Yeah. I, Cause yeah. even, even if, you know, she were to buy the, the story about him being under the influence of this alien symbiote, you know, she, in, in her head, she might understand it, but in her, her heart and her soul, she's going to, she's always going to look at him as this guy hit me.
0: That's, there's going to be an eternity of like, even if they made up and they moved in together, he's going to like, she's, she's going to say, Hey, can you like hand me that dish? And he's going to turn a bit too quickly to hand it to her. And she's going to flinch. And that's the rest of their life. And it's, it breaks my heart. Honestly. Um, we also, you had said about like the influence of the spider suit. Um, this is, uh, to, to put on like a slightly, I guess, more white level. Um, when she says like, who are you or what's going on with you? And he says, I don't know his shirts like practically unbuttoned and the suits underneath it. And I would think that there had to have been at least one person that like, cause we're in a small New York city jazz bar with not a lot of like elbow room. Honestly, it's like a mm-hmm. COVID nightmare. And this dude just came off of the street, did this dance number threw their bodyguard across the room and then his shirt was open and he's wearing a Spider Man suit underneath it. <laughs> and not a single person says yeah. a word. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, know, I I was I was thinking like, you know, how we're talking about the uh you know the, the, the violence as far as like you know what what Peter is gonna look like you know, not only to Mary Jane, but to to think about it from the audience point of view. Yeah. If you're if you're a parent who say you've you know you're you've you took your kids to see the first one, took your kids to see the second one, how do you explain to your kids this? You know, well, I mean, like sometimes
0: you, know, you just get arrogant and you pop your girlfriend off in the mouth, and uh, that's the end of the relationship.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, there's, oh there's, some, you know, like, uh, aside from the, 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 you know, the, the, the heel turn that, you know, Peter does. Yeah. um Then, you know, to just to jump ahead a little bit when, you know, he goes to the, to the church and figures out that. Which is know, the like,
0: very next scene. Yeah. It's not jumping too
1: far. Yeah. When he, he goes to the church and he figures out that the, the ringing of the church bell is going to help him get the suit off because the suit, the the symbiote doesn't like the, the sonic vibrations. And, uh, Eddie Brock happens to be in the same church because he goes to church to pray to God, to kill Peter as any good Catholic would, uh, he
0: goes straight in. He, he dips his fingers in the Holy water and everything. And like gives himself like the sign of the cross. And because, because Eddie, can't do things uh, honestly to such a degree that he's literally begging God to like kill his rival. Now here's, here's a couple of uh, implication questions. I think this brings up. All right. So one, the symbiote came from space. So arguably it was sent from God uh, in the first place. <laughs> um, Eddie does Eddie, cause he says, I want you to kill Peter Parker. And then within five minutes, here's the the ruckus. Looks up uh, to the bell and goes like, "Oh, that's Peter Parker. Wait, he's Spider Man." And then, uh, and then he's given the 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 Venom suit. Uh, grabs him and fills him with like a strength of like power, and whatever. So does Eddie believe that God answered his prayer and gave him like a murder suit? And in the world of this movie, could it be argued that that's actually
1: might be what happened? I, that, that's definitely a good point. I, I would, but you know what, uh, going back, you know, going back to like, like the way Eddie perceives things. Yeah. I almost feel like, so he, he, his, he went to church to, you know, find God or to, you know, ask God to smite Peter but then he gets this uh, suit, so he gets what he needs, and he's like, ah, all right, I don't need God. I got this. So it's like, it, you know, it, 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 it's all about <clears throat> what <clears throat> what you can do for him now. It's not what.
0: Yeah, it's, it's about, like, <clears throat> what you're going to give me. And it is very kind of Old Testament to be like the, all right, I'm going to give you what you need, what you're asking for, but it's going to be the thing that's going to. Uh, send you to ruin uh, yeah. which so so Peter takes off that suit and like Eddie ends up with it and like he doesn't hear Eddie screaming for his life and turning into a monster uh, but
1: it was also kind of scary uh, going back to like yeah people that took their kids to see this like he's a straight-up monster now
0: Yeah, he turns into a demon in a church like I like not only 10 minutes after Spider-Man punched a woman in the mouth and now somebody turned into a devil yeah. uh, after asking God to kill somebody. Um, now when, when Peter gets the suit off because of the lighting and stuff like that, and then also because of the shower afterwards, um, it's kind of implied that Peter's naked under that suit. So did he just swing home naked as much as he's just been kind of going around without his mask because who cares recently? Yeah. I feel like, he's really just like you know what screw my identity i'm nude now um it's it's amazing and uh, and you're right i did um there i did write down a note that it is an hour and 44 min- 44 or 45 minutes into the runtime before benham shows up and that's that's meaning just the shot where like you know he leans back and leans forward and has teeth yeah um which means if we follow my timeline theory <laughs> Peter is not uh, Peter doesn't wear the symbiote suit for more than 48 hours, not even 48 hours because it was the beginning of um, let me, let me absolutely see. Uh, so it's at the end of day three of this timeline. That he uh, gets the suit, has the Black Panther rip-off fight uh, where he kills Sandman. Um, and then we have like a whole day that ends with him beating the shit out of Harry. And then the beginning of this day itself is the day that he goes and, um, and exposes Eddie Brock... And uh, and goes and has that dinner date where he punches MJ in the mouth, and then he goes, mm, "This is bad," and tears it off. So he's he's wearing the suit for like a day and a half, and uh, yeah. as soon as it touches Eddie Brock, he just turns into the monster mash.
1: Yeah, and and yeah, just just <laughs> with um, basically twenty minutes left in the movie. Yeah, just enough time for everybody to team up.
0: Basically, which is um, I uh, so I whenever I write my notes for these, I'll title like sections. Um, I have called this next section uh, wannabe best friends slash the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny because of like the, the lemon demon song where they're like, oh, and this person's here and so this and so this. And uh, oh, but before we get to that, um, Aunt May shows up in the movie for the last time. Um, fully dressed because in in cold weather gear and stuff, she left her apartment to take the subway to go to Peter's apartment and say, hey, um, so the past couple of days have been a little intense. You told me you you woke me up at 2 a.m. to say you were going to propose to MJ. Then we found out who actually killed your uncle. and I haven't heard from you for a couple of days. What's going on? And Peter barely looks at her the entire time she's there. And she gives him a speech about um, believing in him. And then she leaves to presumably take the subway and go back home and everything. Um, this speech and this visit lasts exactly two minutes and 20 seconds. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's amazing that I don't know if this, this also kind of feels like that this was like a uh, a pickup shot that happened later like after they test screened it where somebody was just like hey somebody wrote in the comment card hey what happened to aunt may because she showed up just to be told about the proposal and that her husband was murdered by someone else and then her nephew says that he killed the murderer can we please just have confirmation that aunt may's okay
1: yeah yeah she uh yeah the Aunt May, you know, the, and, and and this has nothing to do with anything, but I, you know, it's just, it, it's so funny to see the, you know, the original aunt theatrical or cinematic Aunt May in her, you know, as an old lady yeah. looking like Rose with, you know, holding onto the heart of the ocean on the bow of the Titanic. Um. Um, but, but then like every every iteration of Aunt May after that has gotten younger and hotter.
0: Has just turned into like the cool aunt who is maybe.
1: Yeah. So like, what's like, I, I, is the next one after Marissa Tomei going to be like Natalie Portman?
0: <laughs> it would be kind of interesting to have, um, you know, because the implication is that uh, cause, cause they're Parker's. So Ben is actually, uh, Oh, what is, what is Peter's dad's name? Why am I blanking on that
1: right now? Oh, um, Richard. Yeah, it was, it wasn't, it was Richard and Mary. Yeah.
0: Richard, Richard and Mary. So, um, in the comics, if I remember correctly, the, the way it was always rationaled was that, um, uh, Richard was the younger brother to Ben and Ben was like, Richard was almost like the surprise baby of that family. Ben's older than him by like 20 something years. And, uh, and it's like, Oh, well then uh, Ben and may just like never got to have kids and just hook him in. It would be almost kind of interesting that, and I'm surprised that this hasn't been thrown in there. um, It would be kind of almost interesting if it turned out that uncle Ben was like the younger brother, and then he married somebody who's also younger than him by like eight or ten years. And mm-hmm. so there ends up being like this weird gap of like at some point in the future, someone's gonna write a Spider-Man story where Aunt May's maybe six years older than Peter. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's gonna it's it's gonna be interesting. Maybe this is even something where like Ben was a single parent for a couple of years and then he married may yeah who knows (laughs) uh boy um so yeah uh so exit aunt may from this picture uh of course um we we do end up with like aunt may and um uh and gwen stacy show up for half a second at the funeral at the end of this because it's a spider-man movie so it has to end with a funeral right um so venom finds Sandman and uh, Venom's voice changes constantly. Like there's Venom's voice for a while just sounds like Topher Grace. And then it sounds like Topher Grace that's modulated. And then for like almost only the line where he just says the word interested, does it sound like it's an entirely different voice actor? But it sounds like a third-rate like video game protagonist. Like some <laughs> studio made a ripoff of Devil May Cry, and that same voice guy is like, "Hey, you want to team up? Interested? <laughs> Super uh, double combo. I'm the devil's stepson. Like it's just some sort of thing like that, you know? Yeah. But uh, we can't focus on that." Because um, suddenly, out of nowhere, it's uh, the sudden news channel exposition dump, which is a movie trope that I hate. (laughs) Where we just suddenly have a fully lit studio where they try to pretend that it's like, um, oh, this is a a real news studio. But they talk about stuff in a way that a news studio would never do. uh, Where it's just one person who's just like, Basically, it it reads as if they while they're doing the budget for the movie, they're like, okay, we need to cut like 20 minutes out of this. And they're like, okay, so why don't we just have a news? We have a reporter who shows up at the end of the movie. So we'll preset that with just like one old guy at a desk, just like one old guy at a desk and the most British woman in New York City. Yeah. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they get her i don't know it's amazing and it's not even like oh it's a slight will or whatever this is like fresh off like ellis island british it's amazing yeah
1: um well and, yeah and was it was it just me or was the the old newscaster's eyes like kind of cattywampus
0: yeah they like, weren't like meeting anywhere and he was yeah. just reading this like dramatic like if there was a hostage situation that you were watching live on TV, no no reporter would say like this will probably end with the death of everyone involved including the police, but that's pretty much he so dramatically just says this could be the end of Spider-Man. Originally somebody who was who looked like him but turns out he has teeth, showed up and started eating everybody. Well, back to you. Like there's it's so crazy. Um, I do love. There's a small detail in this where the camera pans up and they're like, "Oh, he's left a, Venom has left a note in his webs." Um, well, actually, how? Okay, in this universe, Peter Parker's webs were organic, right?
1: The, oh, that's right. I I almost forgot about that. Yeah, he did not have. He he does not have additional web shooters.
0: Now, uh, assuming that this means that when he's wearing the uh, symbiote, the symbiote is like opening almost like a little like stoma or whatever around his wrist to allow the webs to go through. Um, Venom, for some reason, has the ability to make webs when he becomes Venom. I don't know, like if that's just that he's like somehow able to generate like dead. Tissue. I know I'm thinking way too far into this, but it's just suddenly out of nowhere. It's like,
1: and the suit can make webs too. I think, yeah. It's like there's there's no there's no real good answer to like the science behind the symbiote because when he shows up, he's about as you know as as big as a, a a egg of silly putty. Yeah. You know, but then he his his size changes to like obviously then he spreads all over a human being. Right. And then, uh, you know, at the very, very end, when Peter has him on the ropes, when he separates Eddie from the symbiote, he like the, symbiote, Carpenter's the thing, like, yeah, like he yeah. grows like to be like 20 or 30 feet tall with, you know, without, you know, just on his own. So it's like, I, I feel like there's just no, there's no right answer to say. You know, it, or it's almost like there's there's no end to to the the, the material or the mass that makes up the symbiote.
0: That 100%, then that's uh, that's something that drives me crazy, but also in the face of everything else, I guess we'll let it slide. Yeah. Um so they they do just a quick shot of the web where he's written a threat where um the font that he's using to Write The threat is like the classic Spider-Man comic book font, which is a yeah. fun detail, I guess. But uh, yeah, so there's that. Um, Peter finally goes to check to make sure that Harry's dead only because Peter needs something from him now. <laughs> Like he didn't care this entire time. He's like, I know I threw a bomb in your face and I didn't check to make sure you're alive, but like now I need help. So do you want to be best friends again?
1: Yeah. So he shows up and Harry is basically two faced.
0: Yeah. He's basically half of his face. Finally, looks more like a goblin than anything in these movies ever did. Yeah. Uh, and, and so of course, uh, Harry's like, look at my face. Why would I hang out with you? And Bernard, his Butler, um, Just goes, excuse me, um, can I have you over in the exposition library? Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, his his timing couldn't have been more convenient.
0: Yeah. Uh, So Bernard pulls him into the thing. He's like, "Okay, so I cleaned the wounds myself. I don't know why he did. Uh, And he says, I recognize the wounds as being from the glider. Why does Bernard know about the glider? How would he recognize that that's what the blades are from? Yeah, he knows Uh, a lot. And And he. no. Alfred. Did he know that Harry was up to this this entire time It was just kind of like letting him just like handle it like oh while you're doing this goblin stuff it's just less that I have to do um so, so that happens and uh and finally like that's just enough for like oh uh, Harry's like oh I only just needed the validation from a second person like okay carry on I guess we're best friends again <laughs> and um, yeah. Oh, um, okay. So we have a quick flashback during this. This is a thought that I had earlier that I forgot to bring up. Okay. So we have a flashback to the first movie where um, Peter is laying uh, Norman's body down on the couch. Um, Norman's not wearing the green goblin suit anymore, which implies to me that Peter removed that suit from his body um before bringing him back like wrapped in like a towel or whatever uh now earlier in this movie when one of like four concussions that Harry has <laughs> uh and he takes him to the hospital Peter is wearing it's supposed to be in the same night but Peter is wearing a change of clothes and so is um and so is Harry so this means that over the span of the series, there's been at least two separate times where Peter Parker has stripped an Osborne male naked and redressed him for the sake of like hiding his identity.
1: Well, yeah, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Great responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, Oh man, you might be bleeding out. Let me get you out of
0: these pants.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You might have, oh man! You might have some internal injuries. Let me see your wiener.
0: Yeah, I know what both of these are. Oh my god! Like MJ, uh, left me for you. Does she know? Nah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, your web shooters. Okay, I'm done with that joke. Uh, so, um, all right. So, so Harry like realizes he wants to be best friends like all the time. Uh, now, uh, yeah. Spider-Man lands in front of an American flag to a very tepid applause from New York. Um, It's just a very polite golf clap, which is... Yeah,
1: it's like, yay.
0: Oh, yeah, uh, okay.
1: Uh, Yeah, this again.
0: Um, So Eddie starts saying a bunch of one-liners that make sense to comic book fans, but within the realm of this universe makes no sense.
1: Like oh yeah. He's, he, yeah he 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 references Spidey sense. Yeah.
0: He says my Spidey sense is tingling if you know what I'm talking about. Um, which you know is his wiener. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's like you should like no
1: we don't he uh, never, like
0: he shouldn't know about that and it's also never been referenced in any of these movies.
1: Right. Or uh, if it has, it's been Spider Man saying it th- to himself. Yeah. Um
0: but which is it, it there, there's a couple of different things like that that are just like really weird. Um At one point, like Eddie holds down Peter and uh he's like, maybe I'll just humiliate you like you did to me. Do you remember what you did to me? <laughs> Peter should have just been like, I exposed you for like, well, bo- this is all 100% your fault. Like, it's completely altruistic what I did. You did a bad thing. I called you sure. out on it, and you're mad. I've been like, you're right. of course I remember it. It was like
1: like 12 hours ago.
0: That was this morning, man. <laughs> Can we please? It was actually <laughs> this morning, according to my time. Yeah. Today, um, so the one this thing morning, that- he woke up and then exposed him, and then danced, got him fired, and then threw his old clothes at him. and uh, like He went to a church and donated his symbiote, uh, and, and then he was like, Do you remember what you did to me? And he was like, That was like freaking 11 a.m. this morning. It is now 8 p.m. Yet yeah. I remember.
1: Of course, I remember. I was there. Um, I did it. One thing I that, that really stuck out to me because I'm still s- speaking of things that you know they live uh, rent free in your head, but you know, grudgingly. I I can't get this phrase out of my mind because I, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I don't know if I'm overthinking it. Oh, I bet it's the same one that I, or it just doesn't make any sense, but it, it I feel like it should make sense where in the middle of the fight, uh, Venom says to, or Eddie or whatever says to Peter, never wound what you can't kill. It's, I don't get that. It's
0: so out of nowhere. And it's so look at how cool I am. I, is it just like, is it the poor man's boring version of you should have killed me when you had the chance, Charles? Like, yeah, it's because he, he, he like hits him with the pipe and he looks away and I, you can feel him wishing he was wearing sunglasses. Uh, Cause it would have been like a look away and like, never wound and then take off the sunglasses and look at him from the side. eye. And be like, what you can't kill. He basically does everything, but take off the glasses that he doesn't have. Um, and I think about that a lot. And like, I'll play video games where, uh, you know somebody what, he will like shoot me and I'll live and I'll come back and I'll shoot them and say to myself, never wound. <laughs> I,
1: you know what? I, I, I kind of get it now, but it's, it's a, it's a dumb way to say it.
0: Yeah. It's it's a really dumb way. It's one of those. It would have been amazing if uh, if he had said that the exact same way they did, but we just inserted a shot of Tobey Maguire just going, "What?" And yeah. the movie just continues. <laughs> I, I
1: I think that's that's a line that was just, even though it's a very short line, it's not like this whole, um, it's not like this whole monologue or whatever. Yeah, but it it was something that was just very much overwritten.
0: They were like, well, he's got to say something in this scene. So like uh, never wound, but you can't kill, get it. Cause he hit him and he's not dead. Whatever. Like just yeah. film the scene. Um, Oh, uh, of course, Sandman's here and Sandman. Um, I'm not quite sure if the, if what we're doing with Sandman is that like the bigger he gets, the dumber he is like, whether or
1: not it means that his brain is just like spread out more. Yeah, he's just like this he, he's like the stay puff marshmallow man but yeah, sand. he's a Frankenstein monster. He's he's yeah. puffed, yeah. Well, not only that, but I but he also I guess he has the ability, I mean, he's uh, obviously he's composed of sand now or sil- right. silicon, but um he can absorb the material around him which makes him bigger, but a lot of the material around him was just like um like you
0: know, tires and bricks and stuff.
1: Yeah, like cinder not- blocks.
0: Yeah, whether or not it just got stuck in there because of, like, the amount that he's pulling in or if he's...
1: Yeah, so maybe, like, maybe whatever he's composed of, he's he can retain his intelligence and his, you know, his reason. But then once he starts absorbing just regular old inert materials that have no whatever comic book science in it, <laughs> maybe then, like... He just, like you said, like, yeah, he's basically spreading out his, his intelligence, his brain or whatever, because i would be curious if this
0: version of Sandman, if he started to like really pay attention to what he's able to do or whatever, it would be cool to see if like, um, I don't know if he had the ability to, maybe it's not just sand. Maybe he could slowly start incorporating things to where he's like, well, now I'm a living Thing of bees, or like uh, he sees suddenly swarm, uh, or or some sort of like odd thing like that. Yeah, Um, it's it's very it's not well explained or defined, but luckily we don't really have to worry about him because he's really in this movie to kind of be a bruiser threat and to say this daughter is sick. Um, so Harry shows up on his um on his X Games four thousand. And uh, and shoots like a couple of bombs and missiles into him, and now they're basically like they're they're acting like they've always been working together, like they're Cassidy and Sundance Kid, and they've got perfect like banter rhythm down.
1: Oh my god, I I wrote that. I said they're already quipping and helping each other fight like they've been a team forever.
0: Yeah, and it's like, uh it's on one hand, the problem with this movie is that. I am simultaneously in like furious and like enjoying the dumb bubblegum popcorn that it is at the exact same time. <laughs> there, I'm fifty percent going like, oh my god, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen, and going, ha, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, and, and 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 sprinkled in between it is stuff that actually is really good. And, uh, some of the stuff that they're saying back and forth to each other is really fun. Um, partway through the fight, we, uh, we do this, um, the amazing gag of, we cut to JJJ who's in the crowd and he, uh, tries to get that camera off the kid. Oh yeah. She sells it to him for like a hundred bucks and he goes like a hundred bucks. Are you kidding me? But like, you could tell he appreciates the hustle. And he takes the camera and opens it and it's empty. And the girl (laughs) just films extra. And that's, that's good. That's really like a plus gold star.
1: Yeah. That was pretty funny.
0: Yeah. Um, so, uh, so everyone's fighting and then they split up with, uh, Harry going after Sandman and suddenly, um, suddenly Spider-Man's in a Ridley Scott alien movie, uh, where, like Venom's kind of like a Xenomorph for half a second, just kind of, you can hear it, but like it's, it's all paranoia and whatever. And it comes out of nowhere. And then he says, you know, never wound what you can't kill. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, the sound design for the noisy pipes is like perfect to me. I think it's, it's great.
1: Like, yeah, that, that was a pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, I appreciated that, you know, that, that whole scene was, was, was really well done
0: that it's really fun.
1: I like cutting out the
0: music to just kind of have suspense based off of this like weird escalating sound. Uh, he pulls, uh, he pulls, um, Eddie Brock out of the suit and then throws a pumpkin bomb at it, which <laughs> the same pumpkin bomb that just kind of like somewhat burnt up the side of, uh, um, earlier in the movie, um, the pumpkin bomb blew up and Harry was fine because he just kind of like covered his face with like, he he looked away. away. Um, The problem was he didn't look away quick enough in the second time. And he just got his face slightly burnt. Now, whether or not um, a symbiote is made out of pure kerosene or what, but this, this bomb vaporizes not only the symbiote, but like, but Eddie, Eddie, no, it jumps in, and there's not even, there's not, like, a pair of shoes left. Like, there's nothing. It just instantly yeah. and it's gone. Like, they were both made out of tissue paper. Like, uh, it, it's, I mean, it's, uh, again, it feels like that it's Sam Raimi going, and Venom is gone. Stop talking to me about Venom. <laughs> Every piece of him is gone. There's not even, like, a toe bone left. Go away, I'm yeah. a vulture! In the next movie, um, and and it's it's very strange. Uh, then we have a scene that I wrote down and described as everyone forgives each other and cries.
1: Yeah, uh, that sounds about right.
0: Yeah, because during during the fight, Harry gets <clears throat> nailed in the same. Way that his father did, which is good for Peter because that means that Bernard could just tell the police that he dressed his wounds from <laughs> uh, the glider. Um, so that that happens, and uh, and Harry like forgives Peter. Peter forgives Harry. Um, Peter and MJ are like mm, maybe like in the morning we'll handle this, but uh, yeah. And then Sandman shows up and he's like, you killed my uncle. And he's like, I didn't mean to, my daughter is dying. And Peter goes like, okay, I forgive you. And then Sandman flies away. Now the problem with this is not only that Sandman has the ability to fly this entire movie, but it feels like that. If like, if Sandman had said all of that and was like, um, And like had said that if Peter had learned anything in this movie, then what he would have responded with is it's okay to feel bad about what you did and remorse, but you've got to do something about it. You still, you still did kill my uncle. You still attacked a bunch of people. You attempted to kill me. Turn yourself in. Like, We'll we understand that she's sick. We'll do what we can to see if we can help her. But like in a better movie, you would just have Peter Parker go like, buddy, you've still got to. I really believe if Peter had just asked him politely, like he would have turned himself in.
1: I mean, he whether it wasn't. I mean, it doesn't matter that it was an accident. He still killed someone while committing a crime. While committing a crime and then committed
0: a bunch of other crimes. And then. Yeah. All of your, even if you're saying all of your Mm -hmm. choices were because of like trying to help your daughter, you still waited in an alleyway to kill what you thought was me and then spent like the better part of the last hour trying to kill me at this construction site. There's real issues going on here, buddy. Um, Because other than just saying, all right, I forgive you, and him flying away what does he think flip Marco's next thing is going to be? Is he going to open like a a charity house
1: or? Yeah. He, he only knows how to be a criminal.
0: Yeah. Like he's been turned into a monster by society and, and then literally a monster. And Peter should have been like, you're still kind of a monster. If I let you go, you're going to get three blocks away and then you're going to fly into like a, a coffee shop and make off with the register. You know
1: what? I, kind of how, you know, I had this memory or this false memory, apparently of, you know, that uh, Peter be bopping down the street to staying alive. Yeah. I had this. I thought that now this kind of did partially happen, but you know, when Peter's standing there talking to him and he says, "I forgive you," and he starts to Sandman starts to like dissipate and fly away in my head. I remembered it differently. I, 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 I remembered him. It it was almost like, um, again, what I remembered was him actually just completely dissipating and letting himself float away. Like he almost like killed himself. Like, you know, just instead of of him flying away in a sand cloud, he just let himself completely like this. great, Yeah. Yeah. That because would have been good
0: that would have been interesting our memories make better movies
1: <laughs> <laughs> because you know that i think that was the only way that he you know he wasn't going to go back to jail um he was like screwing up trying to help his daughter and this was the only like the only thing for him to do was to not be around because all he cuz his only course of action is to just compl- continue to do crime
0: yeah, like the, you don't have a marketable skill other than I can turn into sand. Yeah. Uh, now, to me, I've been thinking about this uh, while the movie is happening. And at the very end, I realized that the, I think the perfect ending for this scene would have been um, either Sandman turns himself in or like just falls apart. Um, after almost kind of like a like a fairy tale movie where it's like oh we've we've taken care of your problem and now your spirit is like you know can rest. Uh, mm-hmm. Now I think if and I don't know how you would do it you would just write it into the scene because you're a writer and you're writing the movie. Um, I would have liked for me, a perfect ending would be Harry leaving his money to either Peter or MJ because he doesn't have any next of kin. And, um, and maybe it's just that like, Sandman says, my daughter's dying. I don't have money. And Harry just kind of says like, uh, like weekly, just like calls over MJ or whatever and says like, my will leaves everything to you like mm-hmm. give that money to her and then Harry dies uh flip Marco kind of goes all Miyazaki spirit and falls apart and um and then like that's implied later like maybe we see a shot of like his daughter running and skipping um, mm-hmm. with her, her tiny Tim crutch <laughs> uh but instead we just have... I forgive you. Go ahead and commit crime. I'm going to hang out by my dead best friend. And then we're going to have like another good old fashioned Spider-Man funeral to end the movie.
1: (laughs) Well, well, not only that, but um, well, the, 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 the the movie ends on three, three sad notes It and first. I it, mean, it's, like it's like, it's like, it's like more of the rings. It's got like three endings. It,
0: it does. And even first, the credits, like the music doesn't even like the credits don't even start with like a rock song. Like you would normally do because it's like, let's take a moment to kind of just like, yeah. Deal with what just happened.
1: Let's have a moment of silence for our fallen, you know, comrades. Nice. But first, so yeah, first we, you know, Harry dies. Then we've got the funeral. Um, Which is, which of course is very, you know, a lot of sad overtones and monologues and whatever. Joe Maganello. (laughs) That's right. We get a flash Thompson cameo. Um, Thompson. And then we, we had to revisit the jazz club where Mary Jane is singing a, you know, a sad
0: with love. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: And, you know, they, we, we get the, maybe the impression that they're, reconciling somehow, maybe they're not fully getting back together, but they are,
0: God, I don't want them to
1: getting. You know, they're at least like with, they're at least in each other's lives as, you know, friends or whatever. But then that's how the movie ends on. Like you're telling me they're going to, they're going to end the movie in this sad ass jazz club. And, you know, I'm happy that, you know, Peter and Mary Jane sort of reconcile, but like, how do you not end the movie with Spidey th- swinging through the city.
0: That's the thing that bothered me the most. It's you. That's that's what you do. It's tradition. Even yeah, if you have a funeral scene that's immediately followed by Spider-Man swinging. Um, that's how it works. Uh, or or an aborted mm-hmm. wedding, which is like a, a funeral, I guess. Um, just a, a couple of notes I have about this final scene is first of all, how was Peter allowed to be back into this club when he? <laughs> Fought everybody and punched her in the mouth. Not even two days ago. Mm -hmm. Like it was the night before. Um, And uh, they, uh, I do kind of like it. Okay. So she sings, I'm through with love. He shows up, reaches out her hand and they have like this, like this small, it would have been nice. And it, Kind of is because I like that they don't say anything. It's almost like this very 70s, um, like relationship drama sort of scene where it's like the neither of them have, uh, have the words to express what they've been through in this past not even week. And so there's just like this the weight of what they've been through and they're just kind of like dancing sweetly, kind of holding each other. But it should have ended with the very much just very much implying that like they're, they're done. This movie should have been like, should have ended with, if you're going to do it, just give us a one more hit of like, and they broke up because they just don't work for each other anymore. Because like mostly because of Peter's fault, but Mm -hmm. he swings away. To New York still being excited and appreciating him. And there's like Peter and there and we get the very Marvel Comics thing of Peter's life is garbage, but at least there's Spider-Man. Like there's at least still that like
1: Yeah. <clears throat>
0: whatever. We we can still end up with like this like <clears throat> somewhat triumphant, like, not everything's too bad, but we're still gonna make it through it. And we we have the final swing. That's such a bummer that we don't get that. Um, mm-hmm. You know who we should have ended up with? Like this this movie series should have maybe in Spider Man Four, like we could have gone into this. Um, I think probably the best relationship would have been to see. Uh, I, I wanted him to end up with the uh, the roommate, the landlord's daughter. <laughs> I one hundred percent wanted. It's, it's a supportive kind of, if he can get his head out mm-hmm. of his ass, like she's excited to see him. Mm-hmm. Like no matter what stupid nonsense he'd be up to, she would be like dazzled by him, but would still be like, okay, sit down. And um, there's a, there's a part in Spider-Man two where he's like absolutely going through the ringer and she just like knocks on the door. Is like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm okay. He's clearly not, and she just gets him a like a thing of chocolate cake that she made and a glass mm-hmm. of milk and just sits with him. That's the Mary Jane from the comics moment.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's that was part. yeah, you're right. That was like the best relationship he's ever had. Yeah, but he's too
0: he's too like uh stuck on the um like the dazzlement of like I'm a superhero and I deserve the woman that I set my eyes on first. Right. I'm, a, I'm a white man. God damn it. And I want, I want what I want. Um, It's we don't know what happens to Sandman. We never find out what happens to his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone's. So the next movie would just be Harry is dead and their relationship is kind of in shambles. I don't see how you repair uh, Peter and MJ after this, you know?
1: Well, I feel like if there would be a, a fourth movie, I mean, honestly, I, I would, if, if they could do it, if they were not contractually obligated to offer her a role, I would just say, you know, hey, Kirsten Dunst, she, she played her part. She, she was in three movies. Let's make room for someone else.
0: You get a cameo. Um you get a cameo like as like the friend or whatever, like you're essentially yeah. like get like the, the Aunt May roles like scenes now where it's like, Hey, I'm going to just like call my friend real quick. Yeah. In Spider-Man four, and this could have been a way to handle what we're talking about. Um, at first it was implied that, so Anne Hathaway was actually in the running for um, being a character in Spider-Man four that was at first supposed to be black cat. And then mm. it was actually changed to being uh Vultress, like, like the vultures assistant that could have been a way to be able to transition this, like the ending of this relationship. There's could have been something interesting with that, but there's also a bunch of like other dumb things that come with that. Like there was uh storyboards where spider-man has like essentially is has is cobbling together tech from what he's been dealing with recently and like he's he fights vulture and was like well vulture can fly i can't really do that uh, and so he makes a goblin glider that has uh dr octopus's tentacles on it huh. uh, and uh and there's real like um uh, there's storyboards and stuff because they were working on pre-production for Spider-Man four while they were setting up three and, uh, and they argued back and forth because um, uh, originally Sam Raimi was like, okay, I want to do um, like, I want it to be black hat and uh, vulture. And they're like, well, what if it was Vultrus? But what if you're going to do it this way and that way uh, we want it to be like this. And Sam Raimi was like, you know what? I've I've already been through trying to make a movie where you were trying to dictate a different movie to me. And I already know that you're working on that reboot. So just just go ahead and do that. I'm, I'm kind of comfortable. I think I'm fine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's why this movie came out in 2007. And if I remem- remember correctly, I'm trying to remember when Amazing Spider-Man came out. Uh, give me one second. Um, yeah, the amazing Spider-Man was only five years later in 2012. Okay. Um, yeah. And, uh, if I remember correctly, it was even like the same writer who wrote this movie also wrote the reboot. Hmm. So as much as people complain about like, Oh, um, Tobey Maguire's character was never the irascible bastard that, uh, um, the unforgivable jerk that Andrew Garfield was. I want to point out this movie uh, <laughs> and say, are you kidding me? It was always there. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's Spider-Man three. Um, mm-hmm. So far, time wise, uh, we've, we've gone about a half hour longer than the actual movie. I'm sure <laughs> it'll be at, at least a little bit shorter just because of the runtime. I mean, we're starting off with a two and a half hour movie.
1: Right. Well, plus, you know, we, 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 uh, had a little bit of a, you know, a little preamble leading oh, into yeah. our, but, uh, yeah, you know, like or the Spider-Man bill of rights. Right. Well, you know, I think my, my, my final thought on the, on Spider-Man three is, um, I first saw it in 2007. Mm-hmm. I saw it again in 2021. I'm pretty sure I never need to watch it again. <laughs>
0: Okay, uh, let me run a couple of standard questions past you that I will probably do in every episode. Okay. Okay. Um, Do you think that this movie is a bad movie because it is a bad adaptation, or is it a bad movie because it's a good, a, a fair adaptation that just happens to be bad?
1: Um, that's tough. Well,
0: and did watching, uh, did watching this again, like change any sort of opinion that you had going into it?
1: Now nah, I'll probably answer that one first. I feel like, no, if, if anything, my, my opinion of it probably got a little, worse because you know because the first because i've only seen it one other time and you know the the first time you see it like you're a a lot more optimistic Mm -hmm. and you know there you know you have the whole theater going experience you're seeing it for the first time there's a lot of excitement there's a lot of buzz so i feel like even when a movie is kind of crappy you, you still come out of it kind of like jazzed a little bit because you know it's a new Spider Man movie. Um seeing it a second time, that's when you kind of start Re- Yeah. You 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 really you know see the warts and all. Um uh yeah, I think it was just a bad adaptation. I think there were you know, there were a few things they they did okay. Um but you know, from, from the from the first movie, you know, the 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 Sam Raimi movies are, you know, at the time they were awesome because that was all we had. Right. Um, I've, I've never been a huge fan of Tobey Maguire. I've never been a huge fan of like little things like um, uh, the organic web shooters. Right. You know, they are just something like, I, I, I didn't like the goblin design. I didn't like, um, wasn't th- I, I I never really thought Kirsten Dunst captured the essence of Mary Jane I mean they're just so it, many it things
0: like that she was I, I really like Kirsten Dunst I don't like her uh as Mary Jane because I feel like that who she's actually playing is a much quieter sadder version of Gwen Stacy and everything but name only mm-hmm. like meaning only just because of the stuff of like, well, it's in high school. You're the girl next door. There's like all that stuff. Like, yeah, there's still not that internal warmth and everything that made Gwen, Gwen, but there's also not really anything about her that made me really love MJ as a character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It's, it's a bad adaptation kind of it's, it's weird because they're good movies, but they're bad adaptations. That's, that's part
1: of mm-hmm. like, they're, I wanted to bring up that point. They're, they're, they're really good. You, these are good movies to show. Like you can show kids, you can like, they're, they're movies that like your parents can enjoy because they don't have, uh, you know, 75 years of comic book continuity coursing through their brains. Like, like, it's like a Richard Donner
0: Spider-Man movie. Yeah,
1: it's, yeah. it's it, it, it it it's a comic book movie that that everybody can enjoy. it 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 hits the broad strokes and it's enjoyable enough that or it, it's it, you know you don't have to be like an uber nerd to enjoy it. The the uber nerds get the little references and the easter eggs, but you know it, it's it's the same it, it's the same way that like like my mom knows who Groot is. My mom knows who rocket raccoon is because they're now household names. And like, um, because they've, they've made these movies accessible to everybody. Mm-hmm. So, but it, it's still, you know, for, for the, the people that, you know, live and breathe comics there, it's, they're disappointing.
0: It's interesting. Cause, uh, Spider-Man three came out in 2007 and, the Dark Knight came out in two thousand eight, and uh, the only reason why I'm bringing up both of these is because this feels like Spider-Man three feels like it's the last time that somebody tried to make a superhero movie where the genre was just superhero, and that was enough. Where The Dark Knight, what The Dark Knight really started, as much as like everyone like hoots and hollers about it, um, The Dark Knight was the first thing to kind of start it with like what with the idea of let's make this be a good movie first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But it just happens to be a superhero movie. This is very much a Spider-Man 3 is very much, oh, this is this is a superhero movie. Um and, yeah. and a domestic uh who's afraid of Virginia Wolf drama hidden underneath all of it. But it's
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, it's it's really like the last of a breed and for good reason but mm-hmm. you're you're absolutely correct. This kind of hits those hallmarks of like there there's something about them that were made that were timeless. Uh, this particular series, mm-hmm. but uh, this one's probably best left its time. That being said, I still am happy every time I watch it because it's dumb
1: as hell. <laughs> well, you know, and and um, you know, I I kind of joked about it today. Um, I I on Facebook, um, you know, because uh, I, I said that. I uh you know, have it like when 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 I started watching the opening credits of this movie and you t- and saw the flashbacks to the first two movies, I thought, oh man, it's really been a long time since I've watched those first two movies. I should I think after this third movie, I'm gonna go back and rewatch the first two. And um and I probably I, I and I I made some crack about like, you know, but after two and a half hours of creepy Toby Maguire, I decided I'm good. Um, but I probably will go back and rewatch those first two. Cause they were still kind of fun. Um, and, and, and like I said, those, those were like, you know, at, at the time, like everything always gets better, but at the time, like that was the best version of Spider-Man. We had the best live action version of Spider-Man.
0: It's pretty so, much, it was that. And like the 1977 Nicholas Hammond, like TV stuff. And that's it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, So I'm always going to enjoy those movies to some extent because I still remember the the sheer joy of finally seeing Spider-Man on the big screen. Um so, you know, I'll, you know, I I can't like I said, I I can't say that I'll ever go back and rewatch the third one. Um but, you know, I'll, I'll probably you know, but the, like like the first two, I I've seen a few times. So you know they're they're still watchable.
0: I agree. I'm probably going to go back and rewatch the first two as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as a as just a final kind of like note to close the book on uh, Spider Man three, just to kind of give you an idea of like my timeline. Um, the funeral and uh, dance happens on day six, if the okay. editing is to be believed. So <laughs> the entirety of from the very beginning of MJ being on Broadway, like, and everyone clapping for her to the last scene being her and, um, Peter slow dancing in a jazz club that doesn't pay very well in the same location that he had just punched her earlier. in <laughs> and that all happens in under a week.
1: <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's that, that is an, that's, that, that's a week full of, uh, full of activity. If
0: I do rewatch the first two movies, I, I might see if I can do a timeline thing for that too. Cause I'm just kind of curious about how long, um, <laughs> how long some of these are supposed to be taking. Yeah. Uh, so, um, that was Spider-Man three. And I really feel like I put you through the ringer to start that one off with. That's okay. Uh, now for, for, uh, for listeners, if you made it this far, first of all, thank you. Um, like, uh, like rate and subscribe. Um, but, <laughs> uh, we had put together a, what I'm calling a, uh, movies with issues, uh, film playlist. where. The idea was like to go through like a bunch of just like not either not good, notoriously not good or just not often talked about um, superhero movies. Uh, The list right now has uh, let's see, there are currently 83 movies on that list.
1: That's pretty impressive.
0: Pretty impressive. So I went with Spider-Man 3, and the idea is to end each one of these with the other host uh, picking the next topic, and we the other person doesn't find out until we actually say that here on mm-hmm. the recording. So, uh, Dan, I'm really anxious to find out what you've chosen to pay me back
1: for this. <laughs> well, I had to make sure that it was available to watch somewhere, and I did find it. Uh, it looks like the entire movie is on YouTube okay. at an hour and a half long. Oh, I'm already uh, excited. It. I'm going to go with Nick Fury, agent of shield. Ah, uh, yes. Starring uh, none other than David Hasselhoff,
0: David Hasselhoff. That is, let me go ahead and take a quick look. Cause I have that list up on here. Nick Fury, agent of shield is, um, Oh, why is it uh, not in alphabetical order on here? Oh, because it's it's down by N. That would make sense because I can't spell. Uh, Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, a made-for-TV, I believe, sci-fi movie in 1998. Yep. I'm I'm real
1: pumped. I'm <laughs> really excited. <laughs> As am I. I'm I'm really looking forward to. I, I yeah. I think this is gonna be some some good. Good cheese.
0: Mm, grade A government cheese.
1: Yep. Going to have, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to have a li- nice little cheese party to watch this movie with. So.
0: All right. Well, uh, we'll have to figure out some kind of like sign off or something for this, like some kind of like, like a catchphrase.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, did, um, before we sign off, did you, um, I know you wanted to, did you, uh, was there anything you wanted to, uh, promote or, yeah, uh,
0: there's actually a couple different ways that you could find me out there on the interwebs and such, even with the world shut down. Uh, my name is Jeremiah Ion, that's I-O-N and Jeremiah spelt, uh, well, the way that that's spelt, uh, like Jeremiah was a bullfrog, I guess. <laughs> um, you can find me on YouTube, either underneath that name, uh, same with, uh, with Twitter and anything else like that, um it's just jeremiah i in no space but i also uh currently still do some online shows with arcade comedy theater uh, arcade comedy theater of course is a nonprofit comedy theater in pittsburgh uh, that i really enjoy and hope to be doing things again and uh dan why don't you tell some of these lovely human beings uh, where they can find some of the issues that some of our films are based off of <laughs>
1: Well, you know, the uh our our main show that this show is spun off from is Comic Book Pit, mm-hmm. which uh you can find at our our main site is comicbookpit.com. That's Pit with two T's like Pittsburgh. Uh where are and I mean and you can find the show wherever you listen to podcasts, uh Apple Podcasts, uh or Spotify, Stitcher, uh or even on like iHeartRadio. Uh, Amazon music uh, you can find us just about anywhere. And of course all the, 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 uh, the big social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, but yeah, it, you'll, you'll be able to find um, movies with issues on the same feed as comic book pit. It's uh, it's going to be a totally free show. We do have uh, exclusive content that you can find on our Patreon page if you go to patreon.com slash comic book pit we've got uh we've got exclusive content we've got web comics and we've got uh more podcasts on there we've got two other shows uh one is called r2 r2 yen like r2 cents but r2 yen and that's a a uh, married couple reviewing japanese pop culture oh i love that and uh and then the other one is sequential underground where um, our other uh, two of our hosts, Sean and Jared, who are web comics artists uh, discuss the comics making process. So it's a lot of fun.
0: Now that uh, I do know, and I've talked to them a couple of different times and they're lovely <laughs> people um, with, with excellent work. Uh, I'm r- really interested in the, um, the show that you had just mentioned about the married couple. I don't think I knew about that one before.
1: Yeah. Um, so art, so they've done, we've done two episodes so far. One, the, the first episode, they talk about, um, the phenomenon known as blaze ball or blaze ball. I I always forget hey, how it's pronounced. Blaze ball, I do know. Uh, I think
0: my girlfriend talked about
1: that. It's, <laughs> it, yeah. it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it, it is. But the, yeah, they, 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 they devote an entire episode to, to that. And then, oh, I'm blanking on the second episode, but it, it has to do with an, uh, I think an anime series. So, uh, but yeah, if you have any interest in, uh, like I said, Japanese pop culture, uh, anime, manga, you, you may want to, uh, this is our Patreon page and, uh, you know, j- join the comic book pit community and you'll have access to uh all that content. Absolutely.
0: Well, it's a good thing to be able to follow. I'm uh Dan, I'm excited uh for this series. I'm excited uh moving forward to kind of go through these numbers and to see some stuff that I haven't either seen in a while or just straight up haven't seen at all, mm-hmm. but know that they exist.
1: Yeah. Same here. I, I mean, I looking at the list, it was really hard to, to settle on a second, you know, the, the, the next, the content for the next episode. But I'm like, Hey, it's a marathon, not a sprint, you know? Yeah. It's going to be, no matter what we pick, it's going to be fun.
0: Um, so here's, here's just a weird detail that I'll, um, I'll throw out there uh, before kind of clearing this off. It's about a possible future episode. I'm going to have to check with my mom, but, on this list, I have a couple of um, different uh, early Captain America things, like a lot of stuff from the 70s and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those is like my third cousin or something like that. And that's that's not a joke. I'm going to have to... I will figure it out. As before. in the person who played Captain America? The person oh. who played Captain America. Yeah. Wow. And he he only really did that. And I think then he like did like aerobics instructing or something like that. I'll have to find out exactly who it is. Oh, um, yeah. I'll, I'll that. bring that up because it's, um, uh, it's, I think it's like a fun detail and it's one that I would like to know. And I, I think that would be like a weird, fun bragging right to pull out at like comic parties is be like, well, my third cousin's captain America. So I don't
1: want <laughs> <hear it." laughs> that is, that's, pretty awesome if 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 that if any of that turns out to be uh, you know ver- verifiable that would be really interesting yeah, I'll, I'll
0: find it uh, I know that's on my mother's side I just don't know um, where
1: okay okay excellent all right well then I guess we can um, yeah we can close up this episode this uh, first episode of movies with issues thank you so much for listening and uh Hopefully you'll you know stick around for future episodes. We are going to be, be doing them monthly, so when uh, we're going to be hopefully recording them uh, the last week of every month. So you'll know when to uh, keep an eye out for new episodes. But you can always uh, if you have any questions or any suggestions for episodes, uh, you can always message us on like I said any of the uh, comic book pit social media platforms. Um, or our email address, you can email the main Comic Book Pit email at comicbookpit at gmail And uh,
0: until we kind of figure out like a good sign-off phrase, uh, do do you mind if I just like try one out real quick? Please. Okay. Uh, thank you for listening. We love you. And remember, never wound what you can't kill. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Perfect.